I am a man who sometimes is a bitch. I am a veteran who PTSD started from my childhood. I'm an introvert, but I'm so damn extra. I am a homosexual who really doesn't know his alphabets. I'm a miracle who was born a mistake. I'm the one who has won a little, but I've lost a lot. I'm the life of the party who just really want to be by himself. I'm a believer of Christ, who's the church's abomination. I am Willie David. I am flawed. I am fear. And this is how I face everything and rise. I've been through a lot of stuff in my life. Um, many lows, a few highs. Um, I said it in my intro. Um, the lows in my life like messed up my highs. I really never got to appreciate my highs because I was always so fearful of it was too good to be true. Um, oh, I know something coming after this. Oh, why do I always got to go through the worst just for, it seems, for me to get blessed? You know, there have been times where I have had cars repossessed and was evicted out of the house. I'll never forget one year. I was evicted out of my house and all my stuff was on the front line. And me being as transparent as I am, I took a picture with me sitting on my couch in my yard with all my um, furniture and everything in a yard. And I posted it on social media. And the caption basically said, watch I come back. <laughs> um, I've always bounced back through majority of the things that I've went through. But I've learned that each war that I've overcome, each battle that I've fought, I've always left the battlefield with scars. Some scars are physical. Some scars have been mental. Some scars have been spiritual. But, you know, I remember in the Bible, the man that was begging, and Jesus told him, pick up your bed and walk. So basically... I guess I picked up my bed and walked. But um, during the walking, nobody ever told me that those scars that I left were with, um, I would have to relive them again. I would have to relive them um, in my healing process. See, a lot of people think healing is easy and they make it seem like healing is easier or healing is, is going to hurt. But what I've come to find out, healing hurts more than a battle that you even fought. <sighs> this month has been crazy because well, the last past two years has been crazy. Um, but I just wanted to talk about this week for some reason. This week has been a test and 
um, of accountability, of identifying something in my life. You know, people walk around and they'll say, fuck love and, oh, I don't need love and everything. And I feel that that's a lie. And I was one of those people. I didn't want to be in a committed relationship. You know, I um, had relationships with people that was involved with other people because I didn't want to be committed. So if you were single, I didn't really want to date you um, because I felt that you was clingy and you was going to look for a relationship. But as I have gotten older, you know, companionship, um, I feel that I want more so. I feel that I want to experience love. Um, This podcast have um, religious, what I want to say, stitches, (laughs) Um, borders, parameters, whatever you want to call it, Um, because majority of the things that I've went through, I've depended on my faith to get through them. Um, whether it was good or bad. Um, that same faith also convicts me. Um, sometimes convict me wrongly from misunderstanding of a word I read or misteaching by churches um, that had me to believe something that it wasn't. I.e., I am homosexual. I would say I'm proud to be homosexual. Um, I don't hide it. I don't sugarcoat it. It is what it is. Um, It's not that I'm out here yelling or swinging from um, the rainbow flag from mountain to mountain or anything like that, but it is a part of me. And I've learned to accept that part of me. Um, I've been told many things, called many things because because of it. Um, but love (laughs) I've always felt that you know because of religion um, that homosexuals couldn't have or experience love because it wasn't the first mention of God Um, that when God ordained the world that he made Adam and Eve and then you had a joke about he didn't make Adam and Steve um so it's like the churches don't talk or teach about homosexuality but in a negative way they condemn us to hell they condemn us to a lifestyle not understanding that we have feelings too that we go through emotional things, we go through relationship things, we go through the same things that everybody else go through. And it's like they don't realize that how they come across messes with a person's spirituality. It messes with their relationship with God because they always ask themselves, because they've been told so often God doesn't love you that you make God sick, that you are an abomination. So even though they have these feelings and even though they feel that they love God, how do you love someone 
that you have been told all your life he doesn't love you. But it's the right thing to do. It's what you grew up on and it's when you go to the churches, they talk about you and they bash you. I've had it happen to me many times to even it got to the point where I, asked, where I have asked pastors, you always condemning me to hell, but you're not telling me how to get out of it. If it's so wrong, teach me how to get out of it. Tell me how to get out of it. I have prayed to God and asked God, yo, in the Bible, where's the, where is the homosexual that you use? Because throughout the Bible, if God, if you use, if you was there for the underdogs, if you was there for the people that everybody thought wasn't worthy enough to serve you and you use these people, Noah was an alcoholic, Moses was a murderer, David was a whore, um, um, Rahab was a prostitute. You use these people, but where is the homosexual? Where is the person that I can look up to? I had one pastor that I loved to death and everything. And the only thing that she could say, could say was, you know, the Bible say, mock the perfect man who is Jesus. Okay, I get it. I get it. We all supposed to uh, mock the perfect man who is Jesus. But if I'm an alcoholic, I have two people I can show an example for. I have two people that I can get hope from. Yes, all the things that Jesus went through, but they still have Noah. They still have this alcoholic man that had so much faith that he told the people that it was going to rain and they didn't even know that it, what rain was, that they laughed at him. And he used this man to create a new world when he wiped the old world out, but he was an alcoholic. But who does the homosexual have to look up to? So now I have love issues. But my love issues didn't start with the church. I was I, I'm what, what I call a lust baby. Because my mother was having an affair with a married man and created me. She didn't want me. But because my grandmother was spiritual. And against abortion, she had to have me. It was a hard labor. So it's like my life, I've been fighting from the womb. I always felt that I got dealt a bad hand. Because here it is, this mistake that my mother couldn't kill. That she couldn't get this abortion. That she now has to raise. And every day of her life, she has to look in this child's face and see the mistake that she made. So she was unable to love this child. So therefore, this child grew up without knowing love, without understanding what love is, not knowing about how my friends, they have parents that supported them that was in their corner. But I'm hearing you're just like your daddy. And at the time, I'm thinking that she's talking about the daddy that raised me. And it wasn't. I never knew 
um, the, the, my father who raised me, raised me since I was two years old. So this was the only father I knew. I never knew about my other father until I was like 18 years old. I ran across his name when I was in elementary school because it was on an attendance card. And I asked her, mom, who is this person under my father's name? Oh, they made a mistake. As a child, you just go with the flow because why? It's your mom. She won't tell you a lie. So here it is. You don't have an experience love. You're not, you, you don't have this nurturing effect of love. Um, you don't even know that you're looked at as a mistake and reminding of your a reminder to your parent that something that she did. And now you're dealing with this. Because you was an effeminate male, she called you Sissy Ass Cyrus. So I almost thought that was my name. And what's funny was, I haven't, I didn't know about homosexuality. I wasn't thinking about homosexuality. I was just effeminate. And because of effem, my 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 me being effeminate, society looked at me as a homosexual as well. So I'm being called sissy ass Cyrus at home. I'm being called a puck at school. And I'm not even thinking about sex. Till when it happened, the first experience was with a male. Second experience was with a woman. Third experience was with both at the same time. So here it is. I always felt that I was never given a chance to be heterosexual because the blessings that was spoke upon my life was for me to be gay. Like every other homosexual, especially in a household that was authoritative, we hit, I hid. You know, I always say, I hid behind the winter coats until it got hot one summer. But I hid. I hid. When I got out of high school, I um, hung around my cousin and she kept my secret. And that was the only person that I was able to talk to about the incident. But I was dating guys, but just having sex with them. There was no emotional attachment. There was no love. There was no nothing. Because I guess I didn't know how to. I didn't know what was expected. So majority of my life, I was a whore. And I don't know why this particular podcast is going through this history like this here. I really don't. Um, this was actually supposed to be like a test run, but I guess once I started talking, it just started. But I'm still talking about love. So now, here it is. Fast forward all the way to today. Um, 
I'm still struggling. And I went through an incident a couple of days ago. I met someone. They was nice. They were sweet. Um, they was into me like I want to be into. We laughed, we kicked it, but he was straight. Um, there's no sex involved. I, I wasn't even pushing for the issue of sex because I've been down that road before. Every person that I've ever dated in my life started off with sex and it ended up ugly or it was the wrong person or you know it was a usury situation or it was gay for pay and I said this time around I didn't want to do it but this particular incident because this guy treated me exactly the way I wanted to be treated the fact that he was straight messed with me. Now, let me tell you why. I met someone a couple of years back who did the same exact thing, was the same exact way. We played, we smiled, we laughed. It was everything to me. And I thought I was in love. Well, I didn't think. I was in love. And I thought he was in love. And I'm going to say he was. But he also was straight. Heterosexual. Um, but he had a girlfriend. So terminology makes that him bisexual. In a later podcast, we'll go deep into my beliefs about that. Um, but here it is. This guy... From the past. Um, we'll just call him Jay. Jay. Me and him had a beautiful time. He had a girlfriend. His girlfriend found. Uh, this guy. Uh, before I get to that part. This guy. Asked me to marry him. I took it as a joke. Because at the time. I thought marriage was wrong. Gay marriage was wrong. I felt that it was an abomination to God. I think it was the ultimate sin against God because now you're telling God you have made this allegiance against this particular sin and there's going to be no way coming out. Everything I made all these excuses. You know why I couldn't get married or why um, and brushed him off for not to get married or to go through with it. And when he asked me, it's like all of that went out the window. And I had to face the truth that was deep within. I had to take accountability of why I felt gay marriage was wrong and when I searched inside myself I realized it wasn't that I believed gay marriage was wrong I just believed that I wasn't worried 
um, worthy to be married. I felt that because the type of guys that I date, they would never ask me to marry them because it was never that kind of party. I felt that ain't no man um, is going to ask you to marry them. So just get that picture out your head. Ain't no man is going to be happy with another man. That that That's what it boiled down to. And then when he asked me, it made me face that. And I was like, whoa, that particular relationship, as short as it was, taught me a lot, lot. It taught me that a man can love me or someone can love me. Someone could be happy with me. Someone could want me for me so much that he was willing to marry me. And his girlfriend found out and his girlfriend told him, I can accept your bisexual. She told him he, she could accept him being bisexual, but she he had to leave me. And when he told me, I was like, okay, so what are you going to do? And he said, I don't know. So after that, you know, things began to change between him and I. And he was like, I love you. I love her. But she told me I can't be with you. And I was like, well, why can't she? How can she tell you that? Why? What was her, what's her reason? If she accept you being bisexual, what's her reason? She said she can accept that I love you. So he left. He chose her and they moved to another state. It crushed me because the one time that I thought I could have it all, I didn't get it. Now y'all understand about my highs and lows, how it was high, but it was just for a moment. And then right after that high, immediately, it's like, you don't even like, go down the mountain slow it's like you it's just like somebody pushed you off the mountain and then you just bombarded and crashed into this valley that you got to sit here depressed there's no one you really could talk to because when you talk to people they say you emotional when they you talk to people they don't understand when you talk to people they have all their own preconceived notions about you that it's more of a hindrance than a help. So moving forward to the young man that I met, we'll call him T. And T carried the same traits as him. T was doing the same thing that he was. T brought back that familiar love um, that happiness that I experienced with Jay. And it was bad because we was together and I just snapped. I just started making all kind of excuses and all kind of things up to like push it and stop it and evolve it. So I just said, no, we can't do this anymore. I don't want to be your friend. I don't want to be your friend. I... He took it as a joke and everything. And he said things to me like, 
oh, you know, you breaking up with me. Oh, I thought we was going to be for, um, together forever. And he's joking. And I'm like, scared. I went to my car and I texted. And I was like, yo, um, um, for real, I'm serious. And I drove off. I didn't say goodbye. I didn't say anything. So the next day happened and I'm sitting in here and I'm like, I fucked up. I fucked up because I'm scared. I fucked up. It's like, do you really want happiness? Do you really want love? Because you're going to go through pain with love. There are going to be ups and downs in love as well. And things are not going to happen overnight. But why did you do what you did? And it was because he reminded me of somebody that left me. So it's like I have this thing whereas because that happened, it's going to happen again. Um, I don't like being rejected at all. I can't deal with it because I was rejected all my life. I never got acceptance or approval from my mother, not even in death. And these are the things that I carry. These are those scars that I talked about, those in the battles that I fought. Yeah, I came out a survivor. Yeah, I got through it. But deep down, I really never healed or I the womb was a little bit too deep that I didn't realize. So although it scalped up and it healed, deep down, the pain is still there. And it comes back up and pops back up. When you least know it. So. I was like wow. So I text. I, I text T. I sent him a quote. That was a joke. Um, I asked him. To call me when he. Um, wake up. No phone call. No laugh at the quote. Um. I texted him again and told him, yo, I just want you to know I want to apologize for my actions and I want to let you know that it's not you. You did nothing wrong. It's me. But I want to give him the opportunity. I want to um, give him the opportunity and respect to do it to his face and not over text message. But how can you when he won't answer? So the weight for him to respond the weight um, not knowing what is he thinking did I hurt him did I crush him you know um, was he curious or he just like fuck it it didn't matter to him which all those things hurt so it's like do you really want love 
And I feel that I'm back to that same point where I want love. I just don't feel that I'm worthy. And maybe because throughout my life, the parents that God chose to give me did instill those that love value inside of me. And I was told I can't um, continue to put that on them because they're dead and gone. And, you know, I told myself they was being the best parents that they knew how to be, and they was. But why am I still carrying it? I'm envious of friends that parents supported them, loved them, nurtured them, told them they could be anything, told them they'll be great because I was told I'd never be shit. And although it was motivation to make me outlive that life that I was the first, the first to graduate high school, the first to get an associate's degree, the first to get a bachelor's degree, the first to go to college, the first to go to the military, the first to have his own business. And you would think, I look at all my wins over the loss and be happy. I have brothers, a brother and sister. They were shown all the love that I always wanted. And I never hated them for it. I never hated my mother them for it. I was happy. Because I said, a part of me was happy. Because I said, at least they won't have to go through what I went through. But a part of me, if I be honest, was mad as hell. Because it showed me that y'all was capable of loving me. Y'all just chose not to. So... I have baggage. Um, I'm in the process of getting my shit together. And the fear. I guess that's why I named this podcast Fear Face Everything Arise. Because it's scary as hell. Life is scary. The ins, the outs, the not knowing, the curves in the road, the bumps in the roads, the ditches, the potholes, the smooth sailing words, the close corners, the accidents on the road, the driving down the wrong way, then getting back on the right way, the going 50 miles per hour or going 20 miles per hour. It's like it's life. And in the words of Forrest Gump, it's like a box of chocolates. You never know which one you're going to get. And even with this here, I always go to the Bible and I think about all sorts of things. And I start thinking about different people who can fit what I'm going through at the moment. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's a story in the Bible. I can't think about their names right now. 
But I'm going to give you the synopsis of it. There was this man <clears throat> that God made marry a prostitute. And he loved her. He loved her. Through it all, he loved her. And she left and he'll go get him. And she left and he'll go get him. No matter who she was sleeping with, he always came back and opened with open arms to her. No matter how broken she was, he loved her purely. And when I studied this particular chapter, it was supposed to have been a, a symbolism of the children of Israel, how they treat God, how they was hoes. But God loved them unconditionally. And going back to the beginning, like I said, the homosexual don't ever feel that God is there unconditionally. The churches have made it so bad that homosexuals resent God. They walk away from God. They become atheists or Buddhists or anything outside of Christianity. They walk away from religion in its totality just because of this, because nobody wants to serve. Nobody wants to worship. Nobody wants to praise someone that Y'all keep telling them, don't love them. I was told this. So with everything that I told you today, you may be asking, what? You still talk about God and you still talk about faith. Yes, I do. I've learning how to have a relationship with him, not about the dogma, not about the doctrine, not about what they say and everything because I have to have my own personal relationship with them because I want to love um, I want him to love me I want to be worthy of his love but in order to do that I have to have a relationship with him despite what everybody else has told me I have to meet him for myself you know, it's like you meet somebody and somebody tell, oh, that person this and that person that. You know, we all could be fooled by the book covers, but some people have great content. So I always been the one to know somebody for myself. And then going through prayers and praying out to God and asking him to show me or help me and everything, you know, I could tell you about different characteristics of distant, different homosexual characteristics of certain Bible characters of people in the Bible um, because it got me through. It gave me hope. I ended up with Mark, the perfect man too, like the pastor told me. Um, but i never forget a pastor that I thought was homosexual and he probably was and I asked him because I seen the homosexuality in him and he had done preach fire and I was like I asked him I said hey 
how can you get over homosexuality? Because I still, you know, was at that point during that time that you got to come out of this. And he was like, you will never come out until you love God more than you love homosexuality. And I was like, damn. That's hard. That's rough. That's rough. Um, but every day I'm learning. I'm learning. Um, I feel sorry for T. Because the way I treated him or what I did to him. That might be a relationship or a friendship that can never be mended. That's only to be told. Um, damn. I guess I got to use the title. I was going to use the title for something else. Um, I'm going to title this. I believe the lie. I believe the lie. That I wasn't going to mount this shit. I believe the lie that nobody would ever love me. I believe the lie that I couldn't be loved. I believe the lie that I couldn't get married. I believe the lie that I was just like my father. There's so many lies in our life that we have believed that we don't even understand that has affected our actions, the way we move, the way we communicate, the way we believe, all because of a lie that somebody else told us. It could have been a mother, uncle, friend. It could have been anyone. So today, I encourage everybody that's listening to this podcast to love yourself, be yourself, own and accept your truth, whatever that truth may be, every flaw, everything, own it. Once you own it, live it. Live your truth unapologetically no matter what they say, he say, she say, me say. Live your truth. Live it early. Accept you. Don't, uh, don't allow the lie to destroy you. A lot of my friends didn't make it because they believed the lie. They should have attempted suicide and did other things. But I'm telling everybody, whether you homosexual, whether you heterosexual, whether you bisexual, we all have been lied to. We all have believed the lie. We have all been told we're going to hell. But like Jesus, today, I put before you life or death. If I was you, I'd choose life. He was talking about the truth. He was talking about the truth, y'all. I believe the lie, and I think it's time for all of us to start 
unbelieving some of the stuff that we was told so we could get to this healing. Oh, it's going to hurt. Healing hurt more than what you went through. You're going to want to give up. You're going to want to let go. But it's going to show you how bad do you want that what you want. You're only held accountable for what you do. Nobody could go to hell for you. Nobody could die for you. Nobody could go to heaven with you or for you. So whatever decisions that you make, those are your decisions. You don't have to kill yourself. You don't have to go through the turmoil that you're going through. All you have to do is live your truth and don't believe the lie. This has been the first episode of Fear. Face everything and rise. I'm Willie David, and I look forward to talking to y'all more and crying a little bit more. And I guess telling all my business a little bit more when I do the next podcast. Hope you like this one. Leave comments. Um, let me know if it helped you. You don't agree, you do agree, whatever it is. So, however you feel about this podcast, let me know. Share with somebody that you think may need it. Or just keep it to yourself so you can learn how to face everything and rise. Y'all be good. Peace.